0: I know your family is important to you, and you'd protect them at all costs. Do you know it might not cost as much as you think? Term life insurance will help protect your family from the potential burden of loans. EverQuote is here to make things easy for you to protect your family. Call 866-335-2648 to speak with an agent Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., so you can better understand your needs and so they can help you find an affordable solution. That's 866-335-2648 to speak to EverQuote today.
1: podcasting from the j twin studios this is the show for reds fans by reds fans each week we take a look at the games the players and the stories of cincinnati reds baseball now your hosts scott evans and nick lawson and welcome to another edition of the reds fans chatter podcast i'm scott evans he is nick lawson what's going on man Hey, I'm just happy we got warm weather. <laughs> Absolutely, it was great this weekend. I uh, took the kids to Big Bone Lick State Park in uh, Union, Kentucky, and they're three years old, uh, so uh, you know, kind of in that transition age. And uh, we went to see the bison, which uh, my sons dubbed dinosaur cows. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway the uh the uh, dinosaur cows were at the uh, other i don't know if you've ever been to there but uh they have a trail you go up through the woods and eh, maybe a quarter mile or so and then you get to where like their pet, their fields are where the uh, bison bison play and um uh, they weren't there you had to walk all the way through another probably half mile or so uh, to where the uh, buffalo were, so we did that, or bison, or uh, I'm gonna call them dinosaur cows. That's, that's such a such a much cooler name. And anyway, we got there, but along the way, uh, John decided that hey, it's it's a good time to be picked up and carried. <laughs> and then Ken wanted to be picked up as well, yeah. and their combined weight now is 67 pounds. So, wow. uh, so I probably carried John a half mile yesterday and probably carried Ken and John at the same time for a quarter of a, a, quarter of a mile, including uphill at uh, one part on the way back. So uh, it, it, I enjoy it because I know there's going to be time very soon where, one, they're not going to want to be picked up, and two... I'm not going to be able to pick them up, but uh, they're in the being picked up stage again. So that that was fun, and then uh, so yeah, weather. I bet, was, your
0: arm, I bet your arms are like jello,
1: right? Oh, they! I, I woke up this morning feeling like I'd been to the gym, <laughs>
0: and I haven't been. You don't to need to go to the gym. You got you got kids, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, that was fun. So since we last talked, uh, we talked, of course, about Mr. Redlegs last week um, on that episode. Uh, the weekend going in last into last weekend, I got to go uh, to see something really cool uh, that Rob Manfred does, never needs to know about because it was really cool on the elite minor league level uh, that they were playing in the, in the exhibition game, and it, it might even be cool if they do that uh, with the collegiate bat league. But I do not want to see these type of at least not all of these rules. Now, some of the rules I like better than some of the stuff he's talking about, uh, like putting a shot clock for the pitchers. I don't want that. Uh, it's not needed. No. I, I saw it in tri- no. I saw it in triple A. The clock never really came into play anyway. Uh, but uh, they I went and saw a game at the Savannah Bananas. And I bring this up because one, it's the first large scale event I've been to since 2020 uh, in January, right before the uh, everything shut down, and uh, 2,000 people were there, is 50% capacity, spread out for the most part. Um, outdoor event, masks were required, but once people sat down, they kind of took them off, uh, which I, I think that's what's going to end up happening at Great American Ballpark. When you need food, you're going to take it off anyway. Right, right, right. But uh, anyway, the, uh, so Savannah Bananas, they play something called Banana Ball. And I, th- I think we're going to try to get uh, someone from the team on just to, just to talk about it, because as a baseball fan, I'm a traditionalist, but this game was so much fun to watch. And I've been to some minor league games before. Uh, you go to see some uh, prospects or whatever. Uh, the in-between innings things are pretty cool, but... This was on a completely different level, and I mean, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't affiliated baseball. It was uh, what they call the elite teams that they have. They do uh, collegiate wooden bat baseball in the summer, and then they have uh, elite teams that play as well. Uh, so they they play baseball year round down there. Of course, the the weather in Savannah is much more conducive for that. Uh, they do get cold weather and, and occasional snow down there, but it's not the same. As uh, you know, you can't play you can't play a great American ballpark most Decembers. Yeah, you did post a video of this. Uh, oh, yeah. so Monstrosity. Oh, it, <laughs> it, it, it was awesome. So they play banana ball and, and it, it's you almost kind of got to see it to understand it. But uh, some of the rules are um, they play a two hour time limit. And then after the two hours, whatever half inning they're in, that ends that inning. And then after that, if neither team, they play for innings too. So so if if the visitor team scores two runs and then the home team scores a third run in that inning, it's a walk-off inning. And then the first team to five innings wins. So if they get to the end of the time limit and neither team has five points, then they go to something called the showdown. So in the showdown, each team picks a pitcher, a uh, fielder who plays right behind the pitcher, and uh, the other team picks a batter. And then it's basically one-on-one, and then it's basically one-on-one until uh, one of the teams gets to five points. Uh, it, it's really cool. I mean, the game still took about two and a half hours, but I mean, it, it was it was so much fun. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. They, they've sold out like 89 games straight. Uh, one rule I would love to see in the major leagues that will absolutely never happen is that your ticket included your, your choice of hot unlimited choices of hot dogs, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, grilled chicken, chips and cookies, and unlimited soft drinks.
0: See, I would just go there for the food. Oh, I mean, it,
1: it's great. And I mean, other rules that are kind of interesting, there's no walks, there's sprints is what they call them. So on ball four, the, runner, the batter takes off running, is to, is to run as far as he can, and then the ball does not become live until all nine fielders have touched it. I'm not sure if they have to throw it back and forth to the catcher or not uh, because the catcher and pitcher do not have to touch it, but all the other, all other uh, seven fielders have to touch it before the ball becomes live. So there's a guy that got a triple off of a, what would normally be a walk. It, it,
0: it, I, I saw a video. I did see the video of a guy on
1: stilts. Yeah, that was that was a game I did not go to. That was from this past weekend. John Boy uh, Media. If you've ever if you've never seen John Boy, uh, check that out because he's very entertaining on calling different plays of games. But uh, they they had a guy in stilts. Uh, he uh, got hit and uh, quickly uh, was replaced with a, a pinch runner, but. Uh, another rule, which happened not in the game I went to, but, uh, happened, uh, this past weekend, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out, whether it's for wow. the, whether it's for the home team or the away team. And, and this time they caught the home team's ball. So, uh, which actually I think cost them the game because they were, they were in the middle of a rally against the party animals, which, uh. Is kind of an elite team they put together so they could play. A lot of this came, a lot of this innovation came last year because, uh, of course, with COVID nineteen, they couldn't play. Uh, with the um, the team just really getting to a point where they were starting to really make some moves in Savannah, starting to get their debt paid off, get the get the team going. Uh, then they had to shut down, so they found a way to play safely last year and and since a lot of the collegiate. Uh, Other teams decided not to play. Uh, They basically created a second team, and and then the Macon-Bacon, I think, played uh, with them as well last year to have a kind of a a three-team league, uh, so to speak. And then that's kind of when Banana Ball uh, came came apart. There's a few other rules, too, but uh, it it is extremely entertaining. Uh, Google it, Savannah Bananas. uh, You'll find uh, their team, their story. Uh, Basically, what happened is uh, you you know, as we found out, uh, Major League Baseball really wants their minor league teams to be uh, up to Major League par. Uh, so the previous team, which I believe was a single A affiliate of, I want to say the Astros, but I could be wrong. Or no, it was the Oakland A's. Um, they were the single A affiliate of the Oakland A's or maybe double A. I'd have to go back and look at that. But uh either way the the stadium is very old it's the second oldest stadium uh in use today in the country uh Babe Ruth played there uh, among others and it it, it, really? it yeah it's definitely not uh, i mean it, it's it's something that, like you would see if if you look on some of the TVs and movies of like old minor league uh, fields uh, I mean, there's not a railroad running through it like in, uh, <laughs> like in the uh, Brewster's Millions movie, but it, it's along those lines. And, and some of the cool things that the uh, owners did, uh, starting this year, they took all the advertisements inside the stadium away. So there's no sponsorship. So it's it's like you're going back into the into the 30s when the stadium was around the 1910s, where you would just have. You know the the kind of like what Major League Baseball used to be until the mid '90s when Bud Selig uh, took over as commissioner, where you go to the ballpark and you wouldn't see ads on the on the wall. You'd it'd either be a plain green or you'd may have the uh, logos of the various teams, which which I always love. But I, I understand baseball is now a multi billion dollar business. The players make. Almost billions of dollars now, <laughs> and and uh, so you have to have the advertisement. They took it down, which was kind of surprising for a, a, a small team like that. And and uh, so the stadium was really cool. It was open seating. the The bleachers were old wooden bleachers uh, with backs. They had some metal bleachers there, also some some regular seats as well. But uh, the, the historic Grayson Stadium uh, was a great place to see a ball game. Uh, but it was definitely not up to par with some of the other stadiums I've been to as far as being modern. Uh, the dugouts, I mean, uh, it, 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 that were small, uh, but uh, it, it was still, as, as a fan, It's pro- outside of Major League Baseball, just because it's on a different level, you're going there to see the superstars play. But as a, as a fan, it was, it was probably my favorite non- uh, Major League Baseball uh, fan experience. Uh, they really, uh, it was a lot of fun. They, they keep the music going through the game. Uh, it, it, it's
0: basically a two-hour party. Yeah, the best thing you said there was a Brewster's Millions reference. That was awesome. <laughs> That's one of my favorite mo- baseball movies of all time. Me <laughs> too. I
1: yeah. love I love that movie. Richard Pryor is the man. Yeah. So so if you ever if you ever are making a trip to Savannah, try to get tickets. It's very difficult. They're sold out all the time. With COVID, that even cuts it down even more cuz right now they're just doing 2000 people, but uh it, it was it was a good party. And uh, it was it was kind of a uh, for me since I'm going to opening day next week, uh, it was it was kind of a uh, warm up to going to a crowded event again. Yeah. So I mean, you, you had fun. You had fun, right? Oh, a- absolutely. And uh, and like I said, if you, if you get a chance, we're going to try to get the guy on the the, the owner on the show. He, he's a real interesting dude. He lives and breathes the team. He's the he's he goes everywhere in a big. Bright yellow tuxedo. Again, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah, the players before the game, they march in with a marching band, <laughs> so like a parade uh, right before they open yeah. the, open the gate. So I mean, there's a lot of things from a marketing standpoint. I think baseball could really learn about. I, I don't think you're going to see Joey Votto uh, playing in a kilt marching through uh, Crosley Terrace into the ballpark. <laughs> but uh, there's some, a lot of things that, that they that I think baseball could put fun back into the game I, I know some of the things Trevor Bauer is doing um, no longer with the Reds but uh, some of the things he was doing I think almost grasp that but this was just on a different level I, I think he would love the fun that they have they they really they are they're into like the showmanship the umpire was doing splits on when he was calling people out or safe.
0: Oh, so, no, kind of like
1: a kind of like a Leslie Nielsen thing from Naked Gun. Not not, not that exaggerated, but yes, kind of. No, kind okay. of. I I, <laughs> I think their goal uh, is to kind of be like the Harlem Globetrotters of uh, of baseball, uh, as well as being a competitive team. So, it, kind of keep the fun and entertainment. They're doing a one city tour in uh, Mobile, Alabama, actually this coming weekend. So, um, which also sold out. So, I would love to see them come play the. Florence yaws with a banana ball or, uh, just play, play here in, the in Florence. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll happen someday.
0: I hope so. I, I would go see that.
1: That'd be fun. Yep. So that, that's kind of the fun part. I mean, it, it was much better than the, the, it was actually less confusing than the rules that Manford put in for the early part of spring training. Some of these rules, uh, Oh, you could still first base. That, that was something that was, I know some other, uh, some other uh, independent leagues have experimented with that uh, for major league baseball. Uh, it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, the The batters, though, seemed a little bit confused. Uh, like they, uh, Mainly, you could steal any time, but of course, uh, most of the time that you would steal if it's a pass ball and first base was open. Uh, so there was a pass ball or wild pitch. Uh, at one point, the runner started to take off and changed his mind and he got tagged out because of that. Because once you commit, you got to go. Interesting. Billy Hamilton would be good at that. Other than the fact he swings at everything. I mean, he actually, yeah, he could actually get on base in this league. Apparently, he he could, but again, you uh, the one thing with him is he was never patient enough to take a ball, and he would swing at pitches in the dirt. Can you bunt in this league? There are no
0: bunting. Well, I guess he's screwed.
1: Yeah, well, you, you know, that that was one rule I didn't even realize until I went and looked up the rules later. And, I mean, because in Major League Baseball, no one bunts anymore anyway. This is true. So, I mean, it, it, it was something I didn't, it wasn't something noticeable. The biggest thing I noticed, and it could be just because, I mean, some of these guys were jacked, so I think they had the power to hit, but... Uh, it was more small ball oriented than, than what we see in the majors. It was very few strikeouts, a couple of walks or sprints, uh, but it it was a lot of uh, line drives and uh, unfortunately a lot of hit by pitches. So, I mean, when you play the lower levels, you see this in high school and college, uh, the pitchers just don't have the same control that they do in the majors. So, Robert Stevenson would fit in there. <laughs> he doesn't fit in anywhere, <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, let's get into the show. Talk some Reds baseball, uh, this week before we do a reminder to visit, uh, Reds fans, slash steaks, uh, get some great steaks for your grill going into this summer. As we get into the warmer weather, uh, high end Y goo steaks and uh, you can get some discounts there as well. RedsFanschatter.com fans steaks. Also be sure to subscribe to us uh, wherever you're listening to us uh, at uh, be it iHeartRadio, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean. Uh, it, it's up to you. We're, we're everywhere. That's awesome. But and, and then also please leave us a review. If you like us, definitely leave us a review. If you don't like us, still leave us a review and, and uh, we'll get better for you, so uh, uh, that kind of takes care of that. So uh, we'll start the uh, show off uh, about the Reds on kind of a
0: sad note. Uh, Ed Armbrister uh, unfortunately passed away. Yeah, another key key member of the Big Red Machine dying, and and it, and it, we, we we were talking about when Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan was a huge part of that team, and Ed Armbrister, not came- a huge name, but he was a great he was a great addition to that team. Oh yeah, and he came over in that same trade i w- yes, it probably
1: uh, prob- i don't think we'll ever see a trade like that again
0: no th- those trades are gone uh, unfortunately because they were fun they were cool and you, you get to experiment and see what guys fit in your team or on your team and, and what guys didn't but and that trade everybody fit and it made sense oh absolutely you got you got geronimo in that trade
1: you got joe yeah. morgan I mean, that's all of fame right there. Uh, Jack Billingham came in that trade. Also, Dennis uh, Menke, uh, the Reds, Cactus, of Cactus Jack. Uh, Reds sent Tommy Helms, who was super popular. Lee May, also yep. very popular, and Jimmy Stewart. So I'm sure there were some, at the time, in 1971, I'm sure there were some questions by Reds fans. I can only imagine what Reds' social media would have been like after that trade. Because <laughs> when we, talk, we, did, we did our uh, Joe Morgan episode uh, in the in the archives, uh, some of the seasons he had with the uh, Houston Astros showed promise, but he never really took off until he got with the
0: Reds. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and plus I mean, we we'll go back to Tommy Elms for a second. Tommy was best friends with Pete Rose. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when Pete got 41.92, the first guy who was there was Tommy Elms. Right. And then,
1: of course, uh, you know, just thinking about Red Social Media the year before they traded away Frank Robinson and.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah we don't want to go there again yeah you know
1: and then the next year they trade away Tommy Helms Lee May and Jimmy Stewart so you know I could I could I could see Red's Facebook uh or Twitter uh fans like what are they doing Housman's an idiot? It seemed to work out. Absolutely. Oh man, but yeah, <laughs> fun times. Something else about uh, Ed Armbruster I did not know until uh, until uh, doing some research for the show. He was a member of the Bahamas Sports Hall of Fame.
0: Really, I didn't know that either.
1: Yeah. No do. Died at age seventy two. So uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to his family and friends. Yeah, he'll be missed. So uh, other news uh going on uh the Reds finally have a shortstop kind of yes yeah kind of <laughs> I don't think kind it's a, I don't think it's official yet but I think it's all but official uh they Reds have experiment moving uh Suarez to shortstop he says he's ready for it uh Kyle Farmer's uh talked about being uh moved p- potent- most likely into the backup role uh and then Moustakis is going to move to third, opening the, the door to uh, Jonathan India playing second base. So defensively, there might be some questions around this. I uh, The more I think about it, though, I, I think it's going to work out uh, because uh, when Suarez played shortstop early in his career, he was not good Defe-
0: no. defensively. No, he wasn't. No, defensively he was pretty bad, but I mean he, he he's he's up for the challenge, and we're all we need a shortstop, and he's got the experience. So
1: oh, absolutely, why not? absolutely, and not not only that, uh, his first year at third base that was a little bit of an adventure as well. Oh yeah,
0: he had a lot of problems, but he he eventually he figured it out.
1: So he he got it figured out at third base. Uh, I think at shortstop a little bit different, but. He's, uh, from my understanding, this is one of the best shape he's been in uh, coming into camp, and he'll be uh,
0: ready to uh, ready to go. Yeah, he said he lost fifteen pounds, and uh, but his he's got to get his range back. Playing shortstop's a different beast. Oh, a- absolutely. But I mean, with all the crazy shifts
1: and stupid defensive uh, positions we make, that teams make now, anyway. Uh, I I don't think range is as important as it should be. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because, I mean, because they're they're doing all this advanced scouting, trying to move players to where they think the ball is going to be hit anyway. And yeah. most of the time, it works. When it doesn't work, fans, including myself, gets really frustrated. I, I think I think for some players, it helps. A, a guy like uh, Suarez, I think it helps. I think it's hurt Joey Vado's defensive defensively though playing first base i think first base is kind of a guy uh, kind of a position and maybe i'm wrong uh but i think that's a position where the shifts uh sometimes actually make the first base uh position depending on how crazy the shifts are and with david bell we've seen a lot of crazy shifts uh first baseman not able to get in front of the ball so you get those side swipes that uh, Votto, and I've seen other first basemen do this. I think the game at, at first base has, has suffered defensively, but uh, offensive numbers out of the first base position, it's, it's no longer a defensive first. I and mean, I mean, the corner positions have always been kind of offensive oriented, but uh, I, I think with the shifts, I, I think the teams are willing to take the chance that it goes down the line versus, you know, uh, plugging in the hole between first and second
0: yeah and take it from a guy left-handed hitter myself when I played and they always shifted on me and every time like a dummy I hit into the shift (laughs) every single time Uh, probably well I'd say probably 90% of the time I would hit into the shift right it sucks (laughs) speaking
1: of Votto uh, since the last time uh, we've done a uh, a uh, hot stove show Uh, he had tested positive for COVID-19 uh, it was not a false positive, unfortunately, uh, but he is back in camp now. He's healthy. Uh, not sure when he's going to be game ready, though. He's, he needs to get his legs underneath him. Uh, wouldn't talk a lot about the uh, COVID experience other than he said the Reds medical staff, players, and teammates were all top-notch checking in on him. Uh, said he would not opt. He never, never considered about opting out because uh, life's about risks. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And he he
0: couldn't imagine not playing. It, it it's weird not seeing him at first base. Oh, absolutely. I know it's spring training, I know it's spring training, but if this was regular season, it would be really weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a chance he may not uh, start. Uh, he may not may or may not be ready uh, by next Thursday. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think it's a huge setback because he was he was tearing it up early in the spring, four for nine in limited action. Uh, so it, it, it's never a good time to get COVID-19. So, but Votto's back. Glad to hear that. Hopefully, uh, he, uh, makes a full recovery and back on the field, full recovery back to the old Joey Votto.
0: Yeah, we missed Joey.
1: Um, other news, uh, Reds have named Castillo as the Reds opening day starter. I, I think this was a no brainer, especially, uh, uh, other news. Sonny Gray is out at least for one start. Uh, most likely during the during the opening of the season, so uh, Castillo definitely uh, definitely has it earned. Last year he struggled some, but uh, closed up the year looking as dominant as ever.
0: And Castillo's looked really good in the spring. Um, he's he's been dominant, and know was he has only pitched maybe two innings per start, but he's he's doing very well. Right, and he played a lot of uh, back backfield games early on too,
1: which was some some of the rules. I think that's that's almost probably better for him when, when, you know, the, the other team can throw a guy out there for 20 pitches in the inning. that's, I, I think consistency for the red starters is probably better than anything. And I w- almost wonder if the, the rules of, you know, surprise ending of the, of the ending of the innings, if, the uh, if the opponent's uh, pitcher <laughs> throws 20 pitches and wants just to the call the inning, I, I wonder if that just because that's not normal, I wonder if that could, uh, hurt the preparation and and some of the uh, – could could explain some of the injuries that we've seen across baseball with some of the pitchers in spring training this year.
0: Yeah, I feel the same
1: way. I mean, I know they were – I know the goal was to reduce injuries with that, but uh, yeah. sometimes I, th- I think uh, they made things worse. Or it could have just been a time of game thing, which I, I'm getting sick and tired of. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing that too. Uh other Reds news uh that we talked about uh kind of alluded to. We left this part out though. Reds made cuts yesterday. No huge surprise, except for maybe this one. Jose Garcia is going to start out in Triple A.
0: He needs to work on his hitting. Um I mean his fielding's fine. He's 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 a phenomenal fielder, but his hitting needs to come around.
1: Right. And and you know, uh he uh looked really good last spring. Uh, the season started and it's kind of hard. Like we talked about, uh, on our shortstop show, it's kind of hard to, uh, judge just based on the, uh, on the COVID season, but with, um, with a a full season ahead, uh, it's going to best to start in AAA. Unfortunately, because of Manfred, his, his odd decisions, uh, AAA is not going to start until May. So there's, they're going to be up at Prasco again. Well, at least they have somewhere to go. They do have some place to go, but it, getting in games is, what, is what's going to help those guys against other competition outside of the intramurals. And um, so hopefully the Reds don't need anyone from the uh, alternate site uh, this year uh, until A gets started, because uh, when guys came up last year, they were not ready for full-speed baseball.
0: No, I think with the exception of Anton. He came in and he was throwing fireballs and he was, he was ready to go. Right. And unfortunately
1: him and Michael Lorenzen are banged up right now. Uh, the hope is that they'll both be ready for opening day. I think Antone might be a little bit worse than Lorenzen from all indications, but, uh, but Antone's looked really good in spring.
0: Yeah. Um, except for his last outing, you know, he gets where he hurt himself. I think he tweaked something and, uh, I know a couple of days ago he was thrown on the side and he had felt a pinch. So he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's struggling to get better. Yeah. They, they said they're
1: not shutting him down yet though. So that, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good sign. It's just, they don't know if he'll be ready for opening
0: day or not. Yeah. A little banged up going into opening day, which kind of sucks, but we'll, you know, we'll get yeah, better. as days go
1: I know another, we talked about Sonny Gray, Michael Lorenzen, uh, TJ Antone, all uh, kind of hurt, struggling right now. Uh, as with injuries, uh, Joey Votto, of course, uh, coming off the COVID list. Uh, so the Reds definitely banged up going into uh, opening day. And then another injury came about, which uh, kind of lessened some of the stress of David Bell on deciding who to play, but it's not something you want to see. Uh, Shogo Akiyama, who's having a really unlucky and, and kind of tragic offseason, uh, of course, his wife, uh, was uh, hurt and thankfully she's okay, but a tree fell on her uh, right before spring training started uh, in Cincinnati. And then uh, now he's injured, uh, not going to be ready for opening day. Um, Any word on uh, what's going
0: on with Shogo? Um, I know he was dealing with, uh, he had some back problems. Uh, He had some oblique issues. I hear the back's okay, but he's still struggling with the oblique problem right now. Right,
1: and obliques are something that the Reds seem to have a history of. I don't know if it's just something new in baseball that has to do with the the way stretches are, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, he comes back uh, from that. And then uh, was there wasn't there another player that had a hamstring issue, or was that? No, uh, that was Anton. That was Anton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying for some reason, I was thinking there was another fielder with uh, with a hamstring issue.
0: No, it was Anton. He, uh, he did out the last time he pitched in a game.
1: Ah, got you. And then uh, I think that covers everything now. Uh, two players that did finally get into a game. Uh, one guy has said he's the closer. He doesn't care what David Bell says. He doesn't care what Nick Kroll says. He doesn't even care what Bob Castellini says. He is the closer. That's Amir Garrett. I love his attitude. Uh, I, I love, I love Amir Garrett, man. He's great. And uh, and Lucas Sims both uh, pitched well, and they're uh, fin- finally finally <laughs> used uh, roles because they went like the first few weeks of missing in action. But uh, but uh, both look pretty good, ready to go. Hopefully, uh, Garrett brings that killer attitude into uh, into closing games
0: this year. Yeah, I mean, we're still missing Lucas Sims. Hopefully, he gets in a game before the spring right, is out. I, I thought I read he did get into a game. Uh, no, he is. I think he's slated for neither tomorrow, uh, which be Tuesday, and then maybe Wednesday. Oh, okay, and then uh, the other the other person
1: I, I completely forgot about. He's had kind of a really rough spring, uh, Doolittle.
0: Yeah, a little bit rough. Uh, he pitched, he did a recent game. He just pitched. He went a scoreless inning. So, Hey, hey things are looking up. Well, well, you know, everything is spring
1: training. I, we've seen guys hit 500 in spring training and, and not be able to make contact, uh, when they get, get the call up to the big show. Uh, so I, I'm not really worried too much about that. And then again, we've seen guys like, uh, struggle in spring training, have awesome, uh, come out of the gate hitting great. Uh, and then you've had the ones that uh, they do what they do. <laughs> so uh, I mean, uh, some of the pitchers I can think of, and I don't really put Sean Doolittle or Doolittle in the same category, but you had Jason Marquis a few years back, uh, Kevin Gregg um, where they, they were terrible in spring training. Tony Womack would be another guy I'd put in there. Uh, terrible in spring training. Terrible when the season started. Tony Womack, I think lasted a series before they, the Reds traded for Brandon Phillips uh, going back that time. I still wish the Reds uh, would bring Brandon Phillips in just for one, if nothing else, for one game, let him retire
0: as a Red. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. No, we've got to take one thing in consideration. Doolittle was injured most of last season. Oh, absolutely. And part of, and part of 2019. So he really hasn't had a full season in like almost three seasons. So he's gonna he's gonna he's another guy that has to get his you know his legs back under dream and then uh, and then finally uh,
1: something that Reds fans on social media are so concerned about the Reds are six and at this point six and 14 in the spring have the worst record in the in the grapefruit league and my response to that is who really cares? Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. It doesn't matter. The 2019 San Diego Padres were 18 and 11 in spring training. They finished the year with 70 wins. So it doesn't matter.
0: Nope, it doesn't matter. In our Facebook groups, people, it doesn't matter. It's spring training. It doesn't count. I, I, it's the, just
1: practice. The, the 2021 San Diego Padres, who are expected to be competing with the Dodgers, especially with the amount of money that they spend in the offseason, they have only won eight games in spring training in 2021. The, the Especially when you take in consideration that the rules – that Manfred put in for the first two weeks of spring training or three weeks of spring training really made the games not matter because you could be uh, getting ready to mount a huge uh, rally. Pitcher hits 20 innings and the uh, opposing manager's like, oh, bring them in, guys. We're done
0: this inning. Luckily, that didn't last any after the last last week, I think, they stopped doing that. Right? What is that? What is that?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's one of the rules that I I think I thought he was putting in to kind of avoid injuries, but I think it was just more timing, and with everything, and, and it didn't make sense. Do do the if you want to do timing, do the two hour time limit thing, like they did. That would be more exciting for the fans watching, and and uh, <laughs> it's it's more stupid, is what it really is. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, <laughs> Uh, put it I mean a two hour time limit let them go out and pitch until their arms fall off or and do pitching changes uh, it, it's part of, it's part of the game when I go a spring training I'm not worried about uh to a certain point <laughs> but you know I'm not worried about getting out of there in two hours I'm there to there to enjoy the ball game then then afterwards I'll go out and get uh, dinner or drinks or whatever but uh the, the manfred's obsession with getting the games as short as possible doesn't make sense. Make them exciting as possible. Somebody give me the Macon Bacons. The Macon Bacons and Savannah Bananas. (laughs) Yes. Like I said, he will pick the worst rules out of that. I mean, I liked pretty much all of them, but Manfred would put the, like, oh, that rule's kind of fun. No, we won't do that one, but we'll put a two-hour time limit in, but we're not going to do anything cool for a tiebreaker. We're just going to make it a tie. That's kind of the thinking that
0: Manfred would have. So, I do, have, I do have a question about the Savannah Banana thing. Okay. Quick. Yep. Now, are they allowed to have their names on the back of the jersey or can oh. they use like me, like he hate me type thing for XFL I, back in the day? They act, I'm, I'm not
1: exactly sure what's on the back of their jerseys, okay. but yes, they all do have, um, especially for the, um, they all do have kind of uh, nicknames that are announced that way. They all have walk up music. Um, Sweet. Even the visitors had walk up music. Uh, the visitors more than the, they, 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 the visitors, especially with this, uh, elite team that they, uh, what they did is they found some former minor league players, former, uh, college players that were in the area still in, in decent enough shape to play, uh, to form this team and to play against the bananas, uh, in these exhibition games. Um, so I, I'd have to go through and look at them, but, uh, well, one of the fun promotions, uh, is that they, you know, you know how we chant pizza pizza when we get close to 11 strikeouts. Yep They, they put one, they pick one player. And I don't know if they do this on the, uh, I doubt they do this on the collegiate level. That seems, that seems would be kind of, kind of not in the spirit of 2021 and political correctness. But, uh, anyway, on this, on this, uh, team, that's kind of like the bad guy team that you root against the, the party animals. Um, uh, they pick one guy on the team, and in this case, he's kind of he looks reminds me a little bit of Adam Dunn, really big, bulky guy, uh, can't run at all. <laughs> he actually got to, <laughs> he actually got thrown out on the uh, on the one on one situation, but um, it runs
0: like doesn't runs like Sean Casey then, right? Yeah, well, well,
1: the bananas the bananas put a guy that uh, out, that can fly. I mean, he looked he I, I would say he was fa- as fast as. uh or close to being as fast as Billy Hamilton, he he like ran way out, got the ball in, and they got him out. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, the th- the promotion they had is if he struck out swinging, or I guess looking as well, he, if he struck out, everybody in the stadium got a free donut from I guess a local donut uh, place. But uh, and then they started yelling this uh, saying where they just started chanting donut. Donuts and, and then their rally pack uh, Version came out with this big Inflatable donut so Like, like I said it was a lot of fun But uh, Manfred does not believe in fun He believes in Finding minute ways to make the game Faster that ends up making the game longer This is true <laughs> Let's put some personality in the game. I mean, I've put some personality in the game. Uh, put some fun in the game. Let the players express themselves, and no one will care if they're at the ballpark for two hours and fifty nine minutes versus three hours and two minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't, you know what? I, for me, if you don't know if you have ever been growing up, ever went to a doubleheader as a kid. Oh, those are great. Yeah, I I went to I went to the first time I saw saw was the resin giants in 1989, uh, and I remember Kevin Mitchell hitting like three home runs between the two games, and I'm sitting there and I, as a kid at that point I was 13 I think or something like that, and a lot of kids now that are 13 won't be able to do it. They can sit there for two for two games. Man, I was I was loving it. I was like, after both games were ever, I was like, can we play another one? <laughs> Let's play three.
1: Yeah. That, that'll that never happen. Unless they're no. like three inning games each. Right. right I, I'm going to edit that out too. And I'm kidding. Not to give Manfred any ideas. Yeah. Don't give him anything. But, uh, no, but the Savannah bananas game is a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, the, the rules, uh, I, I know they're trying some, uh, things in double A this year, single A, uh, now that major league baseball pretty much controls minor, controls minor league baseball. Uh, but the, the rule changes that they had at that's at that low level with all the entertainment, uh, wrapped in around them kind of worked. Now uh, I, I would, yeah. I would like to see, I think bunning is exciting if it can be done well, if it can't be done well, it's awful because a guy just strikes out and it's super frustrating. Like, why aren't you bunting? Uh, so, so yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, a bunt with a bases load is exciting to me. Oh, absolutely.
1: Or, or suicide squeeze squeezes oh, are yeah. extremely exciting, but, uh, I love it. Yeah. but, uh, but, you know, a poorly executed bunt is boring as, as heck to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> and frustrating no doubt. and and frustrating. Like, what are you doing? Get the bunt down, get the runner over. So uh, they didn't have that, but uh, stealing first is kind of, kind of an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. I was like, I'm trying to figure out how do you steal first? Uh, well, mainly
1: it's it'd be a pass ball or wild pitch with uh, no one on. So you would take off running. And it's considered a steal. Considered a steal. They, they tried huh? that in the Atlantic league uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I mean, you're not going to see it very often. And, and like I said, the one guy, the ball got, and this happens a lot at, at uh, Great American Ballpark. Uh, the ball hits that back wall and bounces back to the catcher, so it's not a guaranteed uh, steal. And this guy started taking off and noticed that the ball didn't really get that far away, and uh, he got tagged out because once you, once you commit, you got to go. So, what about if you're round first? Is that is that anything different? No, no, that's the same. That's the same rule, but the basic rules are the same. It's just, uh, it's just, there's a, a few, uh, rules like that. Uh, the, the extra, how to determine who wins the game and the, uh, extra how overtime, I guess is what you call it. Uh, yeah. they, they had a halftime show too. Really? Yeah. So, uh, at the end of hour one, uh, in the middle of the at bat, <laughs> they, uh, everybody came off the field a marching band came on because it was St. Patrick's Day weekend and uh, played some uh, in kilts, played uh, the bagpipes, and then uh, they resumed the game where it was at that point. I would love to
0: see basketball come
1: to life. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the Savannah Bananas were playing in kilts. that's cool. Yeah, they are undefeated in kilts. Do they slide with kilts, kilts on? You know, uh, the, well, they the, they they had kilts, but they all had uh, like leggings Shorts. or pa- no, they all oh, had gotcha. pants on underneath. So uh, okay, yeah. Now the uh, the uniforms for the uh, party animals all sleeveless. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So Kaczynski, would love that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, they, <laughs>
1: I mean the play. I, I think player. I was wondering how this would be when I first read about it and all the stuff that they do. Uh, even even in the bat league I'm like, I wonder how the players would like that. but then again, how many times do you hear players complain on the major league level that you know they can't show emotion because of the unwritten rules or the rules for manfred or or their or the ownership So um, this is a lot a lot of fun and, and I'd like to see the fun portions of it. I mean, not necessarily seeing Joey Votto doing the YMCA or anything like that, but, you know, uh, a couple of years ago when Joey Votto was stomping on airplanes and and fake throwing to fans, that
0: was fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because uh, well, I miss Derek Dietrich, too, for a lot of those reasons. Oh, Dietrich was awesome. I love Derek Dietrich. Uh, Dietrich
1: would definitely fit on that team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could see him on the way in because they, they start the game off with a way in. Really? <laughs> yeah, they take the two biggest players from each team and they get on the scale. Then they act like they're going to fight. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. They throw out the first banana. They they do some type of like Lion King thing where they lift up. I don't know if it's a baby in a banana suit or a baby doll in a banana suit sp- suit, but lift it up like the Lion King. Interesting, it, that is that is definitely a word for it. So <laughs> anyway, I, I, that's not going to happen at Great American Ballpark this year. This year is probably going to be a bunch of security guards looking to see if uh, you have twenty seven point one masks on instead of twenty seven point five. Yeah, but uh, yeah. hopefully not. Uh, if, if people be respectful and leave it at that. I, I think that would be good. I, I'm going to be. I'll have some popcorn or something in my seat. I'll be like dude I'm eating there's, there's no one, there's no one around me for 30 feet. there's no reason I've been inoculated there's no reason for me to have a mask. I'll still it's wear true. one because they asked me to but uh, there's no reason at this point to be unless someone's just being a jerk about it or annoying other people um, just just be kind, friendly wear a mask if asked to. don't complain about it too much and enjoy Reds baseball. Absolutely. Let's have fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So next week we will do an opening day preview. Hopefully we'll have an idea of who's going to be on the team. Of course, the Reds will make some last minute decisions. They always could sign someone at the last second, like they did with Scooter Jeanette a few years ago. Uh, Brandon Phillips, of course, did wasn't acquired by the team until after the season started in 2006. So, uh, you never know what's going to happen in the world of baseball. Man, you believe it was 2006 when it happened? Wow. Uh, it, it seems like yesterday, and then it's like, oh, that's 15 years ago. Man, time flies. Absolutely. I mean, that was even before Votto appeared. Oh, yeah. I forgot Votto appeared about a year later. Yeah, a year later. Uh, Brandon Phillips, the Reds were still in Sarasota. I actually went and watched the Reds play, saw Bronson Arroyo's first spring training game. And then also, love, also, also, so Bronson Arroyo's first, uh, red start, uh, at a business day special. Love Bronson. Yeah. I think he hit a home run that game. Nice. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I it's, it's going to be a fun season. Reds, I think are going to be, uh, they're going to be contending where, where, where they fall, whether they make the playoffs or not. Uh, that's all to be determined. They got to go out and do it on the field. Uh, But I'm more optimistic than a lot of people are, and we'll get into uh, more of that next week.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it,
1: man. Until then, go Reds. Go Reds.